0: Hi, this is Lisa Hawkins, and I have been blessed to have a best-selling book on Amazon called Christian Warrior Woman, a guide to taking back your faith, family, and future. So if you enjoy this podcast and want to go deeper in healing and a walk with Christ, that would be a great place for you to start. So tonight, I want to talk about something that is difficult, difficult for you, difficult for me, and difficult for every person that you know, but it's something that the Lord says several times in his word. And what I'm going to talk about tonight is the word waiting, waiting on the Lord. I don't know about you throughout my Christian walk, whether it was career, whether it was relationships, whether it was marriage, whether it was finances, whether it was a, a job that I wanted. When you talk with believers, they say, oh, just wait on the Lord. And that's a nice Christianese thing to say. All of us have heard it, and all of us know it before people even tell us that. But I think what's important to also tell people is what to do while you are waiting on the Lord. And I think we miss that. And I think because it's sad to say where when people are sharing their struggles or their pain, we're not maybe listening or as engaged as we could be. And so we learn these nice cliches to say, well, just wait on the Lord. And maybe that person just needed to be heard or maybe that person is not a strong believer or hasn't been in the walk for a long enough time and needs more specific like grassroots, down and dirty. What do you do while you wait? And I think that's an area that I want to talk on more in part two. But in part one, I want to talk about Let's use some examples of when you would wait. And I want to first use the example, if we look at scripture, I want to look at a critical time when the Lord says wait. And the reason why I want to use this as an example is because no matter what you are going through right now, I hope that you're not in a situation where, There may be someone who wants to take your life, like immediately. But when we look in Acts 1, and we look at um, the opportunity of Christ with his disciples in this chapter, and he says to them, number one, after spending 40 days with them, letting them see him, let them examine him, letting different ones come to realize Christ is risen Christ is alive and Christ's promise is true and accurate. There's some things there that to me personally are so key and and I don't know about you. We don't always we don't always preach from the fullness of the word. We sometimes preach from tradition or common things. That are stated, such as when people are having a struggle, oh, and maybe they're not saved, and we say, "Oh, well, you need to get saved. what's so important is, in those forty days, Christ spoke about the kingdom of God, and to me, that is talking about what it is to be a citizen that he had bought and paid the price for them to now be in the kingdom of God now you are members of the kingdom and what does that look like and how can you represent that in the world and so for 40 days he spends this time with them and so on one of those occasions he says before he he leaves them he says do not leave Jerusalem well let's be for real Jerusalem was in turmoil. They weren't exactly welcoming Christians or Christ followers, were they not? Did they not just um, kill Jesus recently? Was the city not in turmoil? Did they not have to fear really for their life? So when I think about that, and I think about maybe what you may be going through, or what I have been through, and the Lord says, wait, to to go, what does he say in verse four, do not leave Jerusalem. (laughs) Do not leave. They may be trying to kill you and folks may be hunting you down, but do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And so I think about just that one line. So maybe you were going through financial struggle and it doesn't make sense to you, for someone to say to you, wait on the Lord. Sounds like a nice little cliche. But when we, we serve a God that rose from the dead, now, who was expecting that? Who, his own disciples, that he had even stated that, found that hard to believe, right? So when we truly say, that we believe in Christ. We have to really believe that no matter what our circumstances are, if my Jesus can be raised from being dead and hung and put behind a stone and he can come forth, surely, 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 my sisters, whatever your struggle is, if you hold on, and wait on the Lord to change your circumstances, he shall. So when I say wait on the circumstances, what am I really saying? I'm not saying you just sit home and look at the wall. You know, this podcast and the book is called Christian Warrior Woman for a reason, because there are two things you can do in waiting. In waiting, you can be obedient to what the word says. And then the second part of your warfare is declaring and knowing what the word says. You know, we can't fight with our fists and we're not fighting against things we can physically see and feel, but we are fighting against spirits and principalities. And the only way that you win against them is with the word And with prayer and with waiting on the power of God, whether the power of God emits from you, whether the Lord brings someone to change your circumstances, maybe yours is financial and maybe it's money. And if you pray and I dare you to pray and be in the word and you not hear from God, I dare you, I could guarantee you that you will if you honestly seek him. There is no way that you are honestly seeking God and you are not hearing God. What I would what I would send your way is, are you trying to do it your way or are you trying to hear God for a plan that will outlast your momentary emotions, your weekly habit or other habits that you may have that keep leading you into the same ditch of maybe bad choices. But if you release and allow yourself to submit to God, and when we say wait, wait for your healing, wait for your renewed mind, that you don't get up off your knees until you have an answer, I guarantee you, you get an answer. Why can I guarantee that? That's where the Lord led me to find him. And I was seeking him. And to be honest, I was seeking him and never thought I would find him the way I did. Because I couldn't imagine, I I had no um, imagination of what it would feel like when I got there. And at one point I said, I had to prove to myself that he was real for me. I believed in him for other people. I believed that he did miracles for other folks. But would he come through for me. And that's why I say that whatever your struggle is today, maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's in your career, maybe you feel like what you've been pursuing is, is not panning out, maybe it's a single mom and you're struggling emotionally and physically in the role of being a single mom. I can tell you that do not try to find your own solutions can I say it again? Do not try to find the solutions of your own making or you will dig yourself a deeper hole or add on to your circumstances and it won't be in a good way. But what I can tell you to do in your waiting, maybe yours is health. Maybe you've gotten a bad report from the doctor and you are fearful for your future or your children or what lies ahead. But your answer is only going to come by your faith. These disciples, which were then called apostles, knew that I could lose my life waiting. The Lord told us to wait. He didn't give me a time. He didn't give me a day. And what are the things that we normally circle around about? Oh, they say, wait, well, how long? What is how long? I waited two days. I waited a week. I waited a month. I don't know. Is it a couple of hours? It doesn't matter what the time is. We can't stand waiting. And sometimes it could be months and sometimes it could be years, depending on what it is. But what we have to do every day is to renew our mind and find those key scriptures that give us that encouraging power What was the Holy Spirit came to bring us comfort, not to bring us doubt, not to bring us fear, but to uphold us in those weakened and those darkened moments in our lives. The thing that I hold on to when I think of the resurrection, when I think of the gift of the Holy Spirit, many believers talk about, well, I'm suffering in this life because of the next life. No, no. So, Jesus came and proved to us that our joy and our power and our strength is not only in this life, but it's forever. So, don't look to tomorrow as, oh, another bad day, but look to tomorrow as being that I am raising my hope. My strength is built on nothing less but Christ and his righteousness. Nothing less am I going to settle for, whether. I may not feel good. I may not look good. I may not have enough money today. I may have, um, children that are wayward, but I am going to hold on and pray and know that the Lord will come through. Because what else did the Lord tell them in Acts 1? He told them what that they, they wanted to know the same thing we wanted to know. They were like, uh, like, so, Lord, what time are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They're not thinking long term. They're not thinking eternal. They're not thinking about the kingdom of God in the heavens. They're thinking about themselves and what's happening to them right there. Isn't that how we live? We live worried about what are my circumstances today? All of that might sound nice, Lisa, but today I'm hungry. No, today you can get fed by faith. And so the Lord says, if you go down to seven, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. And I think of that in our circumstances. Maybe you want a better job. You want more money. You want a husband. You want blah, 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 blah. You got all these things you want. And it would be great if we could just know the times and the dates of when these things were happening, wouldn't it? But then lies, where would your faith be? Of course, it would be great to know, but what I decided to do a couple of years ago, and I have to remind myself of this often and much, so please don't think, oh, I just have this crazy faith 24-7. What I had to remind myself in my struggle, I remind myself that I must be close because the enemy is trying to distract me. The enemy is bringing all that he got against me And so for me, that gives me, it reminds me, I tell myself, this is when I have to hold on to what I believe, who I am, and who I put my trust in. Because what does the Lord say about seasons? We have seasons of good. We have seasons of struggle. We have seasons of doubt. We have different seasons. But what I do know, it doesn't last. And so if I hold on to doing two things, praying, reading the word, saying it out loud, even when I don't feel it and praying and saying and crying out to God and sharing with him how emotionally, whatever, however I feel. Sometimes people don't even want to be honest with God. When you're praying and talking with the Lord, you need to be real. You need to say, I'm struggling today. I feel weak today, but Lord, I need your strength. I need you to help me. If you had your mother or your father Or your pastor with you day in and day out? Would you not tell them the days that are good and the days that are bad? And you need to ignite that relationship with Christ to know that he is with you 24-7. And you have to access and utilize and, and grow that relationship to know that you can say, Whoa, Lord, I need you this moment to lift me up, to strengthen me and And know that it will happen. You know, you probably have seen on the podcast that family in the Bahamas who have lost all of their personal belongings and some of them have lost their lives. And we all know what loss feels like. But in that, we have to still, my prayer is for them to know God still has a, a plan and a purpose in spite of what Dorian did. So in spite of what has crashed and burned some of the dreams and hopes in your life, the Lord says, wait. Why are you waiting? Because the Lord said it's not for you to know the time or the date the Father has set by his own authority to bring change I can't tell you the day and time it's going to happen, but what I can tell you, it's going to happen. What I can tell you is that Christ is coming back. The same way he left his disciples, the word says, he shall return. And the same way that he told them to wait So that they could bear witness with power and with strength and that the Holy Spirit will come upon them and that they would receive power. I want you to be praying for that when you feel less than, lower than, ill-equipped. You are never ill-equipped because you have access to the Holy Spirit and you can say, in my weakness, I receive the power of my God. I receive power via the Holy Spirit, not by my strength, but by the strength that I move and breathe through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to think about that we and no one you can travel all around trying to get someone to give you a prophetic word, someone trying to promise you and this and that and the other and I would tell you nine, the majority of the time, you will not get a date and a time. But you can seek the Lord for your date and time and your prayer and in your reading and watch him hold you up with his hands each and every day that you will push through some of the most traumatic and financially struggling times. I don't know how I made it through, but I do know that Christ brought me through. Whether it be paralyzation of sickness, whether it's financial, whether it's struggle with kids or struggle being a single mom, I'm promising you that God has a plan and has a purpose and has power that he will release to you to help you bear these moments of struggle. So when he says, go and wait or wait for the gift that I've promised, his word is a gift to us. And he has made many promises that he would never leave or forsake us. And we have to trust it. We have to hold on to it. And we have to repeat it. When the enemy whispers in your ear, you're forgotten, you're lost, you're abandoned. You have to repeat, I am no orphan, but I am a member of of a kingdom i am a citizen of the kingdom of god and i have access my citizenship gives me power gives me authority it gives me knowledge that i have a king who is over me who who sees my comings and goings and blesses and fights my enemies for me and that he will never leave me nor forsake me, even in your darkest hour, even even through the storms of life or in through a physical storm, the Lord is still there. So I pray today, whatever you are waiting for the Lord to bring or change or renew, I want you to be encouraged and know that it is coming. And you may feel at your lowest right now because you are about to get a clearing and a vision and a horizon of the good things that the Lord has for you. So let us join together and pray and say, everything shall be good. Declare the goodness of God over your life. Take his word and read it over yourself and say, I am a citizen in the kingdom of God. He died for your citizenship. He died to give you power and authority. He died to see you set free from bondage. Don't let this world and don't let the words of the enemy hold you captive, but be set free by your own mouth, by your own faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, my name is Lisa Hawkins, and I'm the author of Christian Warrior Woman. So if today's podcast makes you ponder, makes you think, makes you want to change your mindset or change your life so that you can have a future of victory, definitely please um, reach out or you can go on Amazon. And purchase um, a best selling book called Christian Warrior Woman Taking Back Your Faith, Family, and Future. God has blessed me to be able to write it, present it, and I'm getting a lot of testimonies of people having breakthroughs and really developing a relationship with God that helps them overcome and meet challenges and move forward. So, amen. So, today, I want to talk about something that I want you to think about, and I want to first start with um, giving God um, praise and a testimony that um, my sister, I found out, fell and hit her head and swollen in eyes and et cetera, et cetera, and had a really bad fall that she's going to be out pretty much this week from work, and it really... It, it, it triggered something I was thinking about talking about and makes it so appropriate today. Because I also had this week a childhood friend die of stomach cancer. And it was, it's very sad to think about or even deal with. And many of us think that, we think of the big things that'll take us out. We think of You know, when we think of our future and you ask people, what are they afraid of? And that's what I want to talk about today is it's little things. It's about the little things. It's really not about the big things. We spend a lot of time worrying about the big things that will take us out. We worry about getting cancer or getting sick or maybe getting divorced. We spend a lot of time and energy around worrying about what if something big happens? And what I want to share today is to have you rethink what you focus on. Because with my sister, I'll use for an example, and I praise God that she is wasn't fatally injured. But I look at the two circumstances, and we all know people worry about cancer. But we don't worry about necessarily slipping and falling. We don't worry about that every time we get in our car, um, there's a possibility that we don't come back. And I'm not saying this because we're supposed to worry about more things. But I'm saying this really, because we have to arrest those thoughts. Because if we spend time worrying about all of the things that can happen, We won't live and we'll be anxious. You know, every time maybe our children get in a car, we're a little nervous, right? But we have to live in trusting in God. And so I want to talk about the little things that we hang our hat on, even all the big things. And I'll even talk about even big sins. You know, when I talk to a believer and actually whether in leadership or someone who's a pastor or in ministry, I find that I don't hear that much different <laughs> in conversations and certain topics. For example, let's start with this one. I've had people say, Oh, you know, I'm living for the Lord. And they're really focused on big sins. You know what I pay tithes. You know, I'm not sleeping around. I'm trying to, you know, I try to hold it together. But you know, I'm weak. So that's like giving you the indication, you know, I slip up now and then, right? Or so they they think of the big sin. So they think when they tell you that, you know what, I don't hate anybody. I'm not cheating. I haven't cheated on my husband. They're giving you the big general overview sins. And for whatever reason, and I would say this must be God's gift for me, I always look at them kind of puzzled or I think to myself I didn't ask about that so what are they really trying to hide or maybe they're even unaware but their spirit is trying to like put out the I'm the good Christian person I don't know if you have met people like that or maybe you've been doing that because we like to put on the masquerade, throw out a scripture or two that we know. But what I want you to do is go down, 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 down to your foundation and baseline. And even when I work with people individually on healing, they'll start out with, you know what? I'm looking for miracles for God and and I just don't know why things aren't working in my favor you know, financially or this and that and the other, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. They're doing things. And sometimes the Lord will just reveal, but what's really in their heart? What's really in your heart? So, and when we drill down, we're doing the things <laughs> sometimes because we want other people to see that we're doing these things that they can see when we're at church or when we're serving on the board. But God sees us 100% of the time. And what are some of the things that happen outside of our Christian audience, such as, and what are the things that they can't see that's in your heart? So, a number of times when people will say to me, I just don't seem to be able to get a breakthrough. We really have to go deeper in their life, deeper in their walk, deeper in their faith. Why? Because what will we find? And it, it, we think of it as a little thing, but it's really the biggest thing that's a blocking and hindering our blessing, such as Unforgiveness is always the go-to if you're working in healing and deliverance or you even trying to check yourself. Unforgiveness. And I find it interesting that some people can't see their area of unforgiveness. It could be against your mother-in-law, daughter-in-law, spouse, siblings. There's something still there that you hold on to. And I always say the way to know if you're struggling with any type of unforgiveness is when you hear that person's name. And what is your immediate go-to thought? That for me has turned into, if my immediate thought is what they did to me, I would tell you, you still are struggling with unforgiveness. If the immediate thought is that That person, there's that venom, there's that elevated voice, there's that, oh, you know, there's a passion and emotion around what happened with that person. There's unforgiveness still lodging. Or maybe your area may be jealousy that when something good is mentioned, And we do this in in ministry as well. We always, if someone is mentioned who is being successful, doing something successful, someone will try to say, but you know, they blah, blah, blah. Or they don't, their son was this and that. You always look to take away from what they're good doing versus saying, wow, it's exciting that they're successful in that. I I I struggle with women in this area in, in working with them. You know, the other day, a woman gave me a compliment about my new hair color. And I smiled because I'm always, as if you heard on my other podcast or know me as a person is, and even in training with women, women have a hard time in giving compliments to other women. And it's why their jealousy or if I tell her she looks good, that means I don't look as good. And so when we talk about what are the things that trip our life up? What are the things that stop us from showing love and stop celebrating joy and having peace in our life? It's the little habits that we have, the little personality flaws, the area of brokenness that we have learned behavior. All of these areas, are harming you more than you sitting worrying about, will I get sick? Because some of these things can bring on sickness and can bring on, um, air. Because guess what? If something bad happens to you, you're so used to delving in all of what you don't have versus what someone else has that you'll stay sick, that you can't, you won't maybe get the victory, or maybe you'll get the breakthrough but you'll still be struggling. So we need to look at the areas of our lives that are really eating away at our joy and at our peace. Because I want to read a scripture to you. um, And it's Galatians 5.22, and I'm doing the ESV version. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And the things that are robbing us are those mindsets. When we say that we we have salvation and our mind is renewed, when we when we are looking to be more like Christ, to be more like a citizen and worthy of the kingdom of God, we have to find that that median ground where love is abiding, where joy is abiding, where peace is abiding. And if you don't have any of this in your life, then you don't have the fruit of the spirit. So then that is why you are struggling with getting over when someone does something to offend you. You hold on to it for years. There's folks in leadership in church that have this issue so when you're whether sitting in the pew or on the pulpit if you struggle with offense if you struggle with and people will tell me oh well i've forgiven yes you've said the words but your heart is still in bondage your heart is still captive with unforgiveness not being kind being bitter being cold and we put on the face of the nice happy Christian woman. Oh, that's so nice. And inside we're like, get out of my face. Okay? What are the things that are really in the same whether you're at work, you might do the same thing. I had to do it at work, being the only woman and the only minority woman in the workplace with these men. There were many a days I had to smile and grind my teeth to try to be pleasant when I heard their sexist rhetoric or There's side jokes about women or whatever, whatever it was, it was just like, Lord, give me the strength to make it through this moment. And that might be how you feel. And That's a horrible place to be. So I would ask you today, to make a list if you're in this quiet place, you've got your book, you know, the routine if you've been following Christian warrior woman is to write down what are the the little things that no one else knows? It could be that you're married and you're just miserable, and you just every day are thinking about why you'd like to get out of this marriage and all the things the person you're with is, is doing wrong and, and how you feel and all that kind of st- excuse me, all that kind of stuff. Why don't we take the opposite approach? What is it that is good about the person? What is it that, if you weren't with this person, that you would lack? Or not have and it's way beyond money and so think about the things that are really annoying and stealing your daily joy could be things with your children could be things that you're just not happy with where your career is this is my number one thing to tell you change it while you're in a job develop a plan to change it we cannot blame other people or our circumstances for why we cannot have joy, peace and love and patience in our life. We can't blame other people or our parents or how we were raised all these other things. What we can do today is take one baby step if it's maybe it's a baby step. Maybe you can't see your way out or maybe your baby step is I'm going to look in the mirror and tell myself I'm going to find joy in this day. And it may be difficult. It could, you could be suffering physical illness, cancer or some other sickness that you're like, well, Lisa, that's easy to say, but my health. But guess what? We all know your health improves by your mindset, by what we say. Our words can bring life and death to any area in our life. And we need to start positioning ourselves to a place of strength. So I want you to think about what are the little things? What are you maybe bitter about or unhappy about or feeling successful about or disappointed about that's really robbing you of your daily joy? Don't let the little things steal your life. And then you hang your hat on the big thing that, but I'm a believer. You're a Christian living a victimized, wounded life. That is not the victory that Christ died for. That's not what he shed his blood for. And I would really ask you, are you a child of God? If you are living with woundedness and bitterness every day and finding fault in other people, you know, we're supposed to know citizens by their fruit. If your fruit's not recognizable in your heart, then are you really a citizen? Or are you someone trying to pass? Are you someone trying to, you know, in our country these days, immigration and citizenship is a big word, right? So are you illegally? Are you an illegal citizen claiming to be one posing with false identity at church, at work, and in your, your life when you're around others. But in your private life or when you're not around church people, you're a different citizen. I want you today to really look at your, your character, your flaws. I don't know about you. We need to take inventory of our lives and of our actions and check ourselves. I don't know about you, but the Spirit is checking me all the time. And every day, and every week, I can find something. I did wrong, said wrong, thought wrong. I don't know about you. You might be perfect. I'm far from it. I got a whole lot of things the Holy Spirit's always like, you know, even a phone call with my son this week, the Holy Spirit was like, really? Was that the behavior you really, what you should have said? And I had to like say, Oh Lord, I repent. I'm going to be better next time. I'm going to be a better listener. I'm going to be a better supporter. I'm not going to always just cut to the chase. Because not everybody wants that all the time. So I ask you to check yourself. You have, you know what the Holy Spirit has been um, either trying to teach you, trying to show you, and maybe you've been ignoring or maybe you've been acknowledging. Let's develop a plan to overcome an area that we believe may be stealing that joy and that peace and that patience. I don't know about you. Patience is rough. Um, But it's an area we have to work on, right? Because we have to be patient. God doesn't just like deliver answers to our prayers when after they flow from our lips, right? It's patience. It's endurance. It's a place of strength. But also, it's hard to be faithful if you don't have patience. So what I want you to do is have patience with yourself. Have forgiveness of yourself. And not let the judgment of the past limit you believing that you can overcome. Remember, one obstacle at a time. We can't leap over our whole life of struggle in one jump. And it happens for some people. But on average, it's one battle. And what I can promise you, if you do it with God, you can win. So I want you to just behold who you are in Christ. Because in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. It's simple. Just have your, your list of areas that you want to improve on and you take one each day. What are we being judged on? Being perfect? No. But working on bringing our character and our life to represent Christ in all areas of our life. I challenge you to not allow Your identity of being a citizen of the kingdom of God to be misrepresented in any area, especially in this political arena and where we're headed in 2020. It'll be so easy for the enemy to slide you back into saying things that won't bring peace, saying things that won't bring joy. Remember, God is always in control. And we can only be accountable for who, what we do, what we say, and how we live. Not what other people do. It's not my job to change other people. And it's not your job either. But what is my job is to reflect the light and the life that Christ represents within me. So I ask you today to check your little things. To not let the little things make you stumble. I don't know about you, when you trip and you fall, it's not normally the big things that trip you up because guess what? You see those. It's the little things. It's a little crack in the sidewalk. It's a little um, rock that got in your shoe or that you stumbled over or your ankle went over on. Let's not let the little things hinder us from our full glory and allowing our light to shine full and bright and for us to reap the benefits and the joy and the love that Jesus so died for. I hope you are encouraged today. Let's live our life in fullness and in freedom in all arenas in our life. No fear, but plenty of forgiveness and joy. Amen.